Hello everyone, it's Peg Queen. Before we get started with today's episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch podcast, I want to let you know our second series, Ashtanga Dispatch Magazine, is available to order online. Beautifully photographed by the very talented Megan Powell, not only does this issue contain the entire intermediate series, but it also features original content from many of the teachers you've gotten to know right here on this podcast, like David Grieg, Kino McGregor, David Kyle, and of course, many more. Just visit ashtangadispatch.com backslash the magazine to learn more. That's ashtangadispatch.com backslash the magazine. Okay, so moving on to today's episode. You know, I feel like we should cue the song Girl Crush because I kind of have one on today's guest, authorized teacher and mom of two, Jessica Walden. Now, the first time I saw Jessica was online in a Facebook post where she shared a clip of her home practice showing her floating gracefully in a total defiance of gravity. I mean, she didn't even look like she was trying. The words accompanying this video were equally as stirring for me. So all I could think was, I want what she's having. Turns out, it's not something she can give me, but something I have been definitely working to cultivate. Oh, and it's not just a fancy arm balance I'm talking about either, but this pure, unadulterated joy. It's not that Jessica hasn't, you know, had her own struggles or limitations, injuries, setbacks. She has, and she'll talk about some of them in this episode. But what I couldn't get over was how sweet and kind and humble she was as a person. Her genuine love of practice, her open spirit, and a true grace that goes well beyond anything that can be performed on a mat. Jessica may have started off as my girl crush, but what she turned into during the course of this conversation was a true inspiration in all ways. Here's Jessica. I'm so glad that you caught my attention. You've caught my attention online, and maybe the first time was through Anthony Grimhall's website, and mm. he always sings your praises through there. And then Lou wrote you did he did the interview with you for yeah. his Ashtanga Parampara website, and that that interview was pretty riveting to me. Mm. Uh, for a number of reasons. One of them was the, the injury you sustained and how you practice. Would you mind like going back over that for me? No, I don't mind at all. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I, I guess I had had this condition from day one. It's a spondylolisthesis, it's called, and it's now a grade three. I don't know if it was always a grade three, but it basically means that your vertebra are not stacked on top of one another. They're one sort of pushed forward, another one might be pushed back. And um, and I became aware of it um, after my first trip to Mysore in 2001 when I did hurt my back. Um, I went to a chiropractor when I got home and they took an x-ray and said that this was the case. But um, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really, at the time, didn't care to really understand it. Um, I kept practicing and kept, you know, going further in my practice. And actually I went through hamstring injuries that lasted for five years at a time and then they would heal up. And it's like, 
the practice seemed to be to me that it was like the almighty healer. It's like things would happen and I'd be like, oh, this is probably it. Oh, you know, and then all of a sudden they'd clear up and I think this is amazing. I'm, I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep going. And, um, you know, then I got, I had my pregnancies and after my second pregnancy, um, I went back to yoga fairly quickly. He was, he was a much easier delivery than the first one. So after the second delivery, I was like, Hey, you know, going back. And, um, and what happened was when I would do my back bends, my spine would click. It would like click, 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 click all the way as I'd go down and then click as I'd go up. And, you know, people next to me in the room would be like, that's really weird. <laughs> and I, I just sort of, you know, I thought it was a weird, a weird, weird too. Sharat thought it was weird when I went to India. Um, but it was this kind of, this, for me, I was just, I, I would think about my back and, and then I'd think, well, I'm fine. I'm still fine. I'm going to, you know, keep going. And maybe it's just an opening sort of thing. And I think what was happening, and I don't really know for sure, was that, you know, there was just a lot of instability, um, especially after the pregnancies, the hormones and everything, you, um, you get a lot softer. And, um, and what was, what I was actually doing was going into a very dangerous place. And eventually perhaps the clicks, I don't know if that was what was happening, but I wore away my disc in between those two vertebra that had the, that are compromised. And so people with spondylolisthesis, they could have back, they could have back pain. They may not have back pain. You may never even know that you have it, but I was practicing in such a way that I was going into that place all the time. And eventually I wore away the disc and it, and it ended up causing a lot of pain. And, and, you know, it's right now that the two vertebra are, are on nerves and everything else. So, um, so it was a major lesson, as you can imagine, because, um, you know, I basically my body said, you have gone way too far, you know, and now you really cannot do this anymore. And um, it was this amazing sense of relief uh, for me. And I think that the uh, not I can't speak for everyone, but we are a lot of times by nature, very driven and we tend to do it all, you know, um, we push ourselves and we're, you know, some, I guess, type A, I don't even really know what that means, but you know, we're out there, we're sort of, um, fearless in some ways. And, um, so, uh, it was a huge sense of relief that I didn't have to necessarily, um, do this intense practice anymore. And I mean, I've, I've practiced for 21 years, so I practiced a long time. Right. And it's, it's still an intense practice, but I, but I, I approach it so much more, so much differently now. And, um, now it's like this, this amazing place of like love and energy and healing and like just really deeply caring for myself, but also not even just myself, but this amazing inner something, inner spirit or something that's really a part of the bigger whole. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a, maybe, maybe it's a sense of, of deep compassion or something that's there, but, um, I also felt like it was that the way that I felt like Ashtanga kind of took me in, I was fully gung ho and it just, <laughs> It did its good work by what I didn't think was going to happen, you know, by maybe getting certification or whatever. It did its good work by spitting me out the other side (laughs) and being like, okay, you kind of have to start over again. 
and you have to approach it differently. So, um, yeah. So I, I got the, I got the message. <laughs> I wish yeah. that listeners could see your face while you're talking <laughs> and they can't, but there's this amazing joy that shines through your eyes and your whole smile as you're talking. And I'm thinking about the irony as you're telling me this story, because I could see anyone walking away from it going, damn that Ashtanga, look what it did to my back. Oh my gosh. You know, this is dangerous. Um, right. This is right. awful. This hurt me. And instead you're not saying that you're finding joy in your practice. And, and by the way, this would happen whether we get hurt or not. Right. I mean, this gets, we get hurt anywhere. And all of a sudden it's like, damn life. What is, you know, why is yes. he doing this to me? So wherever it happens and yeah. you, and you didn't, you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, it happens with a lot of, People who go through things, big life-changing things, whether they get maybe a, a terminal illness or something, some people will say it's the best thing that ever happened to them because, yeah, it's like suddenly your perspective, your perception maybe of things, just it shifts. And, and, and for a lot, of, a lot of us, it is, there's a, a real gift because we can kind of let go of something we thought we had to do, you know. I think you just said, I think that's, that's it. Mm. let go of something we thought we had to do. And when you let go, it opens your up to like, <clears throat> wow, there's so much more. Right. Right. Huge. Endless. <laughs> I feel last year was a tough year for me. And you've been listening yeah. to some of the old podcasts. Yes. I know. So you probably know a little bit about, <laughs> um, you know, moving, getting a little older, yeah. I was really tired. I hit sort of a wall yeah. and f for a little bit there, it did make me, I had to sit back and go, Whoa, I guess this is it. This is what they talk about. Right. It's over. It's over. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let, and at first it, there was some grief like tied up with that, mm. but then I started to realize it wasn't over really. Mm there was more to explore, not in the way I had to shift my way of thinking. Yes. Yes. And that's, and then I look at your video, right? And so I know this about you. I know that I know the injury that you went through. I know that you have, you know, taken some of those deep, those deep back bendings, you know, can't happen. And then I look at the, at when you practice, and that same joy and this lightness, you have this lightness that is, okay, enviable. Can I say that? Is that bad? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's, it is amazing. I mean, even, um, I don't, I don't even know how, I mean, I, I, have, you know, I've had, I, I've been able to tap into this thing for a while. Um, but yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it all started when I was five. <laughs> it it kind of did in a weird sort of way, because 
When I was really little, um, I found that if I hung, it's kind of embarrassing. No, if tell I hung me. from a pole. <laughs> we, used to, we used to have these laundry um, lines in the back, and they, they were sort of held held by these two big poles, kind of T-shaped poles. And I would go out there, and I would hang from the pole um, that was sort of going horizontally. And I would draw my knees up, like as I was sitting down, in a, as if I was sitting down in a chair. And I would just hang there like that. For at the base of my... Hold on, you just oh, cut out. Give it two sorry. seconds. Say that. No, that you just cut out for just those two seconds. And all I got was you would hang there. <laughs> and so go on from there because I, okay. I'm seeing a tree branch out there that I'm going to be hanging from. <laughs> You're going to start hanging from, yeah. I, um, I'd hang there and then uh, with my knees, you know, it, it pulled up as if I was sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden, and it might be for a while, all of a sudden this most amazing sense of upward movement would start to happen from, you know, I guess the base of my spine. And it was this most invigorating feeling for me. And it would encompass everything my whole you know it would start from down there and work its way up and um anyway so I did that and I would do that like through college I would sort of balance on something wherever I could find a something to hang from I would be like I, I found a spot I'm that's where I'm gonna be like in the wee hours of the night so no one sees me it's weird right but I think that sort of was this cultivation of mulabanda or it was some kind of um finding something there. And so when I started to do my Ashanga practice and, and I practiced, I mean, I've been practicing for a long time, but with my first teacher, David Roche, he would some, I'd be practicing for years and years. He would bring me back to first series or Surya Namaskar A and have me do Surya Namaskar A for a month. You know, it was like, he would start me over again. And at the time I thought this is like torture, you know, but what was happening was that I would learn within just Surya Namaskar A uh, to use my body differently. And so it was like jumping to standing. Um, I would be able to find this kind of balance place where I could then rest down very easily between my hands. But all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, there's that feeling. There's the hanging feeling. It's happening here. And um, so I think it was just, it was then paying attention to that. Like, okay, and all of the other postures eventually when David would let me go, go past Surya Namaskar A, um, you know, I would try to find that place in the postures where it was possible. And then I just, as I practiced, I sort of knew how to find it. And, um, but you know, then babies would happen and I'd be like, Ooh, that's, that's gone. And kind of like you, when you went through the time last year is that you feel like, okay, this really is it, you know, gone, long gone are the days. <laughs> you know? And, um, but as it is with everything, you know, it's like, um, it's just an, it's an evolution to another place, right? It, it might take longer and you, you, a lot of times will come out of those periods of being a feeling like you've lost something or whatever. And you come out and you come out the other side where, and you actually have gained even a deeper, maybe understanding or deeper strength. That's which so, is what happened. Yes. 
Yeah. So after my second baby was when I was able to do Karandavasana, which was like, is like the posture that women's, <laughs> it was like only after the second child was I able to do that. And I think it was because I paid attention. I paid attention to how my body w- was able to um, work with gravity, um, but also to that place that I had sort of found a long time ago. Um, it's like, where, where can I find that? Where, you know, when I'm coming down, you know, with my knees down onto my armpits or whatever, it's like, oh, there it is, you know. Um, and so really it was just a paying attention to something that was obviously there from the beginning. Um, but it was just, oh, oh, I'm going to see if I can keep being mindful of that. So I really think that that probably was how it happened, <laughs> I guess. I can't believe how stinking real you are. <laughs> I, I was showing my daughter your video and I was like, see, Megan, this is why. See these muscles that I have. That, that's not it. It's not where it is. Watch, you know, and you, you just are in the living room with nothing. You know, it's just this so simple, real mom in the living room. And <laughs> then you put your hands down on the ground and you're like, what it is doing? She's floating, and it's and they said there's something different happening there. Mm. Something's different. It's inside her, right? And yeah. and it was in it was inspiring to see that that feeling that you got when you were five, like whoa, there's something super powerful in there that I mm. you know, and I want to go find it. You've kind of given me that I'm like, whoa, there's something mm. yes, fear of missing out, FOMO, right? <laughs> exactly. I want what she's having. <laughs> I mean, the like we said on the the little email, like I want the six pack abs. Like I've <laughs> never gotten those. All right. Um but anyway, you know, um I think maybe it's even harder for you muscular types because there is a real softness that has to happen too, that it's, it's, it's a soft, like I have a soft middle. And when I was little, it was like my, you know, my, my grandmother, my mother, you say it's the lazy belly, you know, we all got it. So don't worry about it. Um, But there's a real softness that kind of has to happen because I think muscularly, and, and I mean, you, you can watch men do these, these arm balances and things. And a lot of times they're really, it's because they do have the musculature and the strength to do it. But then you watch the other men who have tapped into that internal. You can see it. And I, I put my hands over my head when you said the softness, because I'm not going to let this loose on the podcast, but I'm going to send you my editor's letter. And when you read it, you'll understand. Oh, okay. I think... I think we're talking the same language. (laughs) I I am discovering that, but I think that because I am physically strong, Mm. I'm less apt to look for that softness Mm. because it's not something I've always been able to kind of do it. And when you can do it, you will do it. Sure. Right. Like why, why wouldn't you? you, you know, and <laughs> then you, when you can't, so I feel like, like you said with uh, the injury that that kind of opened up a new world. I feel like hitting a wall mm. opened up another layer for me because yes. I couldn't. Right. Yeah. Couldn't. 
It's, it's great. I mean, you know, we have such this perception in our society and many societies about getting older and what, you know, we look at it as like de- degenerating or all, all of these different things. And it's like, no, we're still developing, you yeah. know, like, like we watch our children and they develop, they get older. Yes, but they develop, they're developing. Right. Whereas when we get to a certain age, we're like, now I'm on the other side of 40, I'm degenerating. Right. And that's, that really is just what we've made up in our brains. It's no, no, we're continually de- developing. You know, we may have to adjust things, but wow, you know, it's like, you know, constantly developing and growing no matter what. Um, doesn't matter how old we are. There's no like peak and then you start going the other way. Um, so it's a great opportunity. It's just di- walls. Different, different, but deeper. Yeah. I mean, I think I would rather tap into something. I mean, the muscles are going to go. I mean, that is going to get different. It, yes. but whatever's inside, even that spark, that enthusiasm, right. joy, I I want yes. all of that. Right, exactly. And that's really, that's the essence, right? I mean, my, my grandmother, she's 94 and she still lives up in the mountains in the house that she built herself. And and I spent some time with her and I, I tape recorded her, well, actually on the iPhone, of course. Um, I recorded her a full day of all the stories. I wanted to like capture everything that her life just, I asked her so many questions and she said that, you know, she'd always been a searcher of the truth, you know, gotten involved in all different types of religions. I mean, she's a lover of nature and all of these things. And, and she said her whole life, she was a searcher. And I said, so are you still searching? And she's like, oh no, no, no. And I said, well, did you find it? And she said, well, no, now I'm just at peace. Like, I don't, feel like I need to find it. I was like, you mean that's the secret? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's like, it's just peace, right? No matter what. Um, and, uh, and I think that's really the essence of it all. Um, whether you're getting it going through yoga or the different things that come up in life where you have to shift gears or whatever, it's like, I think we're looking, you know, love and peace (laughs) basically as much as I hate to sound all, uh, whatever airy fairy or something but it it really is that right it's it's being just at peace with what is you say it and it sounds so easy yeah no it's the hardest thing in the world (laughs) but but yeah to to listen to you and and to hear your story you you have that I would rather come out of it looking like you than Than uh, beating um, up the practice or myself. Mm. That yeah. being said, you know, there there is something about, you said it way back and I didn't want to stop then, but I want to go back to it. And that was mm. the a little bit of the instability in the below the navel for women that, that mm. seems to kind of come about, whether it's childbearing. Um, you know that clicking that you're talking about that you yeah. heard? very strongly in me. It will echo in a room. Wow. It's pretty, pretty, um, pretty evident. And actually I've asked lots of people about it and nobody, it doesn't hurt, but nobody mm. to know what it is. Right. Um, and I noticed that I have to work very hard to pull up and out in order to get rid of the clicking right. because yes. clicking doesn't sound, it doesn't feel, doesn't, there's nothing good about hearing a large sound, you know, scream out in a room as you go back and soup to Vidrasana. I mean, it just uh, <laughs> doesn't make me feel good. Right. Whether it hurts or not. 
Yes. So, but in looking at that, it's made me realize how soft that area can be. Mm. Do you find that that, that, is that something that you see with other women or am I just, is that? Um, I, I mean, when you say soft, that area of being soft, you mean like that as a result of childbearing or, or whatever, that the strength is, maybe, strength is not really there. Maybe, yeah. or maybe it's the way we're built, but I think yeah. that maybe it's like you have to work harder to not let that kind let of that, dig. Yes. Right. And yeah, for sure. I mean, gosh, m- many women, uh, you know, it's, that's just, I think a lot of it is the way we're built because we're meant to, you know, carry babies and, <laughs> you know, have, uh, we've got the uterus, we've got all sorts of things around that area. And, um, and so I do think that is, it's very important because whether you've had babies or not, I think there is a, as, as we do get older, you know, there's, um, that only becomes softer for the most part. And so in terms of, I think that the, the toning of that area is really important. I don't think the hardening of that area is important. I mean, I think that it's, it's kind of a fine line, right? It, it does come back to finding the, the internal strength as opposed to maybe a, you know, all your, the, the sit-ups or whatever we think right. we have to do to get the, the, the sort of right. flatness or whatever. But really it is more the cultivating of those the sort of energetic strength, maybe of the bandhas, really Mula Banda and Uddiyana Banda. If we can, if we can start to explore around that area to pull up. And I mean, a, a lot of us will do the, you know, we have done the Kegel exercises after giving birth and stuff where you're pulling up your pelvic floor. And um, there is something to that by keeping that area toned by focusing on that the, the, that whole area and bringing awareness to it and, and breathing, you know, breathing from those areas to, so that when we go in to do our, our practice, we can access what we've been practicing through Mulaban, you know, our, our, our breathing exercises or whatever, or our Kegel exercises. We can act, activate those areas or at least focus on those areas when we're practicing, not hardening, but focusing on that. And a lifting, sort of a lifting in all of the all of the, the it's, postures where you feel, you know, softer. It's like when you said when you were five and you hung and mm-hmm. that downward action brought an upward action. Yes. Lengthening, is that kind of that inside body? It's because it's almost like your gut, because when you when I say this, I know I'm glad that you specified not hardening because I can hear you know, somebody hearing what I said and, and then doing a lot of sit-ups and reverse sit-ups and that wasn't really, and that's just contracting and making that area almost smaller. Right. And I feel like maybe that was some, that's something that I definitely could say that I have done, but I'm realizing letting go and letting it almost get heavy to come up mm. like a different kind of inside body. Is that, am I making sense? There's something yeah. that hanging and then drawing up that is right. Yes, because I guess the hanging action back then, um, it what everything was it was like a downward. You know, everything was going down, and so if you're thinking like if you're just sitting right um, and you're trying not to pull up, harden everything or harden your belly or whatever, but rather it's letting things relax and then focusing on just maybe, you know, the pelvic floor area, um, 
And so when you're inhaling, you're gently kind of lifting that up. And then as you're exhaling, you know, you, you might relax again and then inhale, you kind of pick it back up again. And at first, I remember when I first was sitting with Tim, we were doing pranayama and, and he was talking about that. And I remember kind of being a bit mad. I was like, that thing is not, <laughs> you know, it was, it was probably right after one of the, the babies, but you know, that thing is not coming with me when I'm, you know, on the inhale. Um, but it, it's, but you pay attention to that too, right? It brings up emotion um, because, you know, that's, that's where this most amazing energy lies. And so at first we might feel like we're not doing it right and we get mad at ourselves for not doing it right. Um, but there, it, it's, it's there, right? It's just, it's just, again, it's just about practice. It's about awareness. Um, and, and, and accepting who you are and just knowing that, you know, I mean, it's like our brain is very used to moving our arms and legs because, you know, it's very, that's just what happens. Our brain can, can figure out that linkage as well. <laughs> um, but we have to train it, right? We have to train ourselves to, um, know where it is. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I've probably, uh, went on a tangent a little bit, but it's, it's really, it's that place also that just, it's, it starts to bring in a whole new awareness, not only of your, of your practice, but your, yourself, you know, um, it brings a lot of, I think, love and compassion in for yourself because that area too is, is associated with a lot of stuff that we go through in life. You know, it's around your genitalia. It's you know, and who knows all the different hangups we have. Sometimes we don't even know that we have them, but, um, as we start to sort of nurture ourselves, um, in that way, then I think there's a lot of acceptance and love that comes out of that. I love all the language you're using. And I hope that people that don't practice Ashtanga are listening because I think you have said gentle, compassionate, soft, <laughs> you, fine, um, you, and, and, and then also these powers, I mean, you have a very powerful, you have a very strong practice, a very strong practice I have seen. And, filled with gentle, kind, soft. <laughs> you can see it. There's no straining. You look effortless. It looks like uh, you're not even trying. <laughs> and <laughs> that's awesome. That's beautiful yeah. because what you're saying is we can tap into something very powerful inside of us that is more powerful than biceps and six pack abs and big shoulders um, that can carry us, right? Not just, you know, literally, but figuratively in all of it or, and yeah. that's pretty inspiring. That's pretty cool. And it has been where the shift in my practice, I'm looking for that. I mm. want that. Yeah. Yeah. It's and we nice shall have. That. Yeah, you. It's <laughs> nice to hear you say that we can go inside and we can train. It's really hard to think about training something we can't see. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
I, I, I know it's like, it's the hardest, but I guess like it's, you know, it's kind of like meditation and all of those things where we, we sort of feel like, oh, we're supposed to do it. We can't really, you know, but it's, it's hard work. It brings up a lot of stuff. But, um, but, you know, I think that when you're, it, it, you, you want, obviously you're looking for that. You know, I think a lot of people um, are looking for that because we hear it all the time. And especially in Ashtanga world, you know, the bandhas, the bandhas. And it's, um, it's, I just remember when I first started, I was like, how do you know? Like, how do you know? And I mean, I don't even know if I'm doing it right now, you know, but it's, I, I mean, I think that it's, uh, it is an effortlessness that comes, but it is not quick. <laughs> you know, none of this is quick. Um, but that's also the beauty in it, right? Because it means that we can do this practice for so many years. Like it really can be something that we do. It's not like we have to, okay, at 30 years old, I'm, you know, I'm now I'm, I can't do my gymnastics anymore or whatever. Um, I mean, like we are going to change. Our muscles are going to change and all of that sort of stuff. But, but we, we, this practice can sustain us, you know, um, as, as we, as we go through life. So that's what's so amazing about it. My teacher says that a lot. He says, this isn't something you want to retire from. It's not, we're not, you know, football (laughs) players or, you know, or like whatever you don't want to, this isn't something you want to retire from at a certain age. You want to make it sustainable and you want to have a practice that's going to carry you and be with you and support you for your lifetime. Not, Yes. No, just until when I hit 50 in March, you know, I, I, I know I'm not ready to, uh, but I'm finding new ways to explore my practice for sure. And one of the beautiful things that you said, and I have to say, most teachers I know do say this, that the practice is individualized and, uh, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And, uh, at the same time, wow, is it hard to apply it to yourself to yeah. say there are things in your practice that you don't do anymore. Right. Yes. Uh, right. And I think um, it is, you know, it is, it's hard. You know, you go through those periods of just being like, wow. I mean, yeah, my, my back bends, like to see those, you'd be like, Ooh, <laughs> Oh my God. But you know, it's, it's kind of funny too. It's like, you know, and the thing is like, you might find this, this, you, you might uncover your mulabanda in such a way, but you may never float in that way. And that's the hard thing is that in order for us to really I guess grasp what this yoga is supposed to be teaching us is that ultimately, yeah, those abilities to do the things that look amazing, um, that really isn't, that isn't it, right? It really isn't. And, um, and, you know, social media and all those sorts of things, you know, where we're, you know, and, and I, you know, I am guilty of posting asana photos, um, and that really came after my back injury, funnily enough. Like all of those po- like came after that. And I, I think it was because I was practicing at home so much I could film it. 
<laughs> or take photos of it. Whereas otherwise I was always in the shala and I wasn't going to be doing that there. For- I'm going to say this right <laughs> out though. Thank God you do. I don't care because that is something that inspires others. And your messages are so beautiful. What you write with them. I've had students, male students, female students text me when, after I posted your last one saying, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah, I know social media has its downfalls or whatever, but it also has an amazing power that, that reaches people just when they need it. Yeah. And I, I think so too, because I've certainly been moved by it as well. And I, I, I just, um, I feel like it's like, I want to say sometimes like, my God, we, you know, really life is so limitless and we go through stuff where we think we're never going to recover and the body is amazing. Like it is such an incredible vessel and, but it's, you know, it's ever, it's, it's all of it. It's like things want to heal in life, in the world. And, um, so it, you know, I get so excited by it and it's like, look, <laughs> here I am in the living room, guys. <laughs> you know, the kids are at school and, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, uh, anyway, but I think just at the end of the day though, is that despite, you know, that, that we all are going to look and, and find these things in a different way that we are not all going to look the, the same. And, um, and there's so much beauty in that. There's so much beauty and diversity and everyone has some amazing gift. You know, I mean, I listen, I've listened to, I think every single one of your, the podcasts and I have just been amazed by every single person I've listened to. I've been just like so moved and, um, and I'm just like, God, there's not one story. There's not one person I couldn't hear that I wouldn't, you know, learn from and, and, um, be grateful to and, and all of that stuff. So, so, you know, I, I just, I just think that the diversity in our experience brings that means that we can really connect because it's like, there's a basic fundamental humanity in all of that, you know, and it's, it's so beautiful. That's, I think that's what I was even wondering. Everybody I talk to says the same thing. There's such kindness and mm. uh, welcoming and acceptance and all of that. Yet, Ashtanga does get a, a tough rap in mm. such a linear, you know, and yeah. practice and have to have this to go here and the conditions of the posture meet this before you go there. And wow, that was probably. Th- the hardest thing for me last year was because instead of making various allowances, I stripped it all back. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's it. I'm not worthy. We're done. Can't practice right. that third series. I can feel it. Like this is not, you know, I'm exhausted after it. Instead of making allowances or maybe easing some areas, maybe uh, making the practice so that it was supporting my life. I just said like, almost like a punishment. No, can't do that. Can't do that. I'm going back and, and I lost a lot of strength, um, Mm. during that time. And I don't know that that was the best thing that I could have ever done. And certainly had I consulted with my teacher, then maybe I would have been, he sometimes looks at me and says, I don't know really if you listen to me or not. And he's right. Um, but so it's nothing he's ever done. It's nobody's ever instilled that. And here I would never 
want that for anyone else. But when it came time for me, and I think that's what I'm trying to say is that we're hardest on ourselves. Totally. Yeah. Um, Right. And I've certainly been there too. I mean, that's just, that's the default, right? And there's this, this amazing Buddhist woman, Sherry Huber, who she's a teacher in California. And what she what she says is that it's sometimes it's really good to write yourself a love letter. <laughs> Sounds really corny. And I have done that before. And it is amazing. Really? <laughs> In your deepest, darkest hour. Um, yeah. Because if you were your, if you were your, if you saw your best friend or, or your teacher sees you, it, if you were your best friend watching you in, in the, the moment that you were in last year where you were punishing yourself in that way, you would have never let you, your friend, you know, you would have been right there, right? You would have been saying, now, look, let's, let's, let's reassess what's really happening here. You know, come on. You would have given you, your friend, this amazing love, right? And so if we put ourselves in the place of our best friend or someone who really loves us and we reach out to us ourselves, um, amazing things happen. And, and I don't know it, it, when I did this love letter writing to myself, um, it was incredible because I knew exactly what to say that I, I was so compassionate with myself. And sometimes I still, I wrote it in 2011 during this this moment where I, I was really sad and I still read it to this day. Sometimes when I'm feeling, I'm like, just like, hot damn, that was good. <laughs> that was a great one. Because it wasn't so much like Jessica, your eyes are like the, you know, it was more just like, <laughs> it was more like, this is who you are. And this is what, you know, this is who you are. And isn't it amazing? You know, and, and let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, and so anyway, so I, I, I strongly encourage it um, because it allows you just to have a little bit of space, you know, when you start to turn inward on yourself is to take that step back and then approach yourself as if you're somebody else loving you um, and see what happens. I love that. I think that's beautiful. So awkward as hell. Really? <laughs> so awkward. I mean, I would never have admitted it until just now, but for you know, it takes a few years to sort of be like, I'm, yeah, and that's never going to, you know, go out, but um, it's very helpful. But that's, I guess that's what I'm saying is that it's really hard. It wouldn't be awkward for me to write a friend. Right. Or someone right. I loved. It would absolutely not be awkward. I would feel compelled even. Right. Right. So there's no difference. No. I guess, <laughs> isn't it funny how we always have to go outside of ourselves to come back inside? Right. Isn't that, isn't that the irony, right? Yeah. Yes. Spend all that work on the outside and to go back and you start when you're five, right? You're five (laughs) and you have that connection with your inside body and you have to go all the way outside only to come back in. Right. It's so true. It, you can also like, in terms of watching somebody's practice, inspirational practice or whatever, you can also go outside and I don't know if you've ever felt it where if you really watch somebody and then you go to do your practice, your asana practice, and you become them. I don't know if you've ever, yeah. And so that's also, that's kind of an interesting thing because yes, you're going outside, but then you bring the feeling of that 
person into your own body, right? And you you might be able to actually do something you've never done before. And so then it also shows you how the boundaries between who we are, it's really fluid. It's much more fluid than we think. If we can actually feel... I'm glad you're saying this, so then you won't think I'm totally creepy when I say, I totally have been channeling Jessica Walden. God. <laughs> well, um, I'm deeply flattered. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I think that we, that's how we learn. That's how we, it is because we are all, we really, there's really a very fine line between you and me and everybody else that, and sometimes we can't articulate it. We can't work it out through like the, the anatomical terms, you know, um, we just have to feel it. And I, I loved your interview with, uh, was it John Churchill where you talked yes. about closing your, closing your eyes during your asana practice. Um, and it's very much like that. It's like, right. It's like closing things down and f- totally feeling like being fully mm-hmm. in the feelingness of it. And I think that's, that's really important. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jessica, how does somebody study with you? Uh, well, um, because I have this thing called a full-time job. It's really annoying. No, I love, if any of my coworkers are listening, I love this job. You don't understand. I love this job. Um, and you know, I've got the two kids. I am, I do do private, uh, lessons, um, occasionally, and I'm also doing more workshops. So I'm just starting. You are. I am. So, well, I've, I'm doing one in, um, in October in Miami at the, um, Miami Life Center. And, uh, doing that with my, um, my, uh, partner of 21 years, who's no longer my partner, but we're still amazing friends. And, and so we're doing that together, our first and last, <laughs> well, who knows, maybe it'll start something. Right. And then probably one in Portland at the beginning of the year. Um, and then, you know, talking to some others, other people about workshops. So it's starting to grow, but I just, I also, um, yeah, I'm not teaching regularly right now. Well, that's such a gift. It's really nice to know that people can at least travel to study with you in various places. You're a true gift to the practice and to all of us. So I look forward to having more personal medium promise. I won't be your stalker, but yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. And you're truly a gift as well. I really have enjoyed, um, just, just, I really enjoy what you do and thank you so much for just who you are and all that you bring as well. So I look forward to meeting you in person one day. That would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I'm going to cut off the video probably okay. right here. Can you still see me? I can't see you anymore. Which... Oh yeah. I can see you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, no, I can hear you just fine. I'm going to send you my editor's letter Okay. And you're going to die when you read it. it. It's, I almost feel like I have to send it to you so that you won't think I just ripped off our entire conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's such a great message that you are sending and that you were so well, you so well articulated. Thank you. Um, I'm definitely going to be telling people to, I'm going to apologize in advance because the podcast goes a lot of places. It really is 
quite popular. And mm. which means you're going to be flooded with like probably friend requests and stuff like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I almost have to say to people, you have to go watch the video. You have to see this person. You have to, to see the lightness and the joy, um, to know that it's possible. Mm. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard and people do get, I don't know, they, women especially get, can get really hard on themselves. Yes, I agree. I agree. But, you know, we, yeah, we just, we are, we have high expectations. Yes. Our super moms and women. That's and, right. Yeah. We try to do everything and everything well. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. lot of, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And when you start going out there and you're practicing and you, I'm going to say it outright. I am, I've always been blessed that I've been around very compassionate people and maybe it's older teachers. I don't know, but it, it's not everywhere. And this is not mm. a podcast. It's just not everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. there is sometimes a little bit of a undertone of, you know, maybe even social media promotes it in some ways. Yeah. So it's nice to have the balance and it's nice to have the voice, but there are a lot of women that I wouldn't want, I don't want them to see them give up on the practice. I don't want to see them. Right. Um, I knew that that was also a responsibility I had when I was going through a tough time. I didn't want people, I knew people were watching and I would never have wanted to lose that spark. They can see the vulnerability for sure, Yes. but see something else that comes out of it. And it is a softness. I was never this kind or compassionate. <laughs> I know. Itchy, I swear. I'm embarrassed to, to like <laughs> admit that, but it's true. I'm a hard ass. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think we, a lot of us can be, right? It's like, you know, I mean, yeah, then the, we got to get things done, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? You do. It's a bottom line is that is what it is. You got things, yes. you got to get things got done. To, and yeah. No. Right. And there's, well, there's a lot of slackers out there, That's but, right. I think, <laughs> but I think that, right. It's right. I think we're all more, com- I mean, I don't know. I, I'm certainly much more compassionate with myself and then, then others as well as I get older, like I can, but I'm more, I'm also stronger in myself too, in terms of, I don't put up with stuff that I used to put up with in my younger years. So it's, I think it's like finding what compassion really is. And it's not necessarily letting people walk all over you or being, you know, at someone's beck and call, but it's just being clear. It's like having a certain clarity, but also understanding that we are kind of all in this together too, you know, and we're all going to look at it from different perspectives and we just yeah, no, I think you're, I, I, I'm loving, I'm, I'm so glad this is like gone beyond my expectations for even having a conversation. You really are really cool. I mean, oh. you really do have like that spark, that something that, and I wasn't kidding again, not being creepy, but I was watching <laughs> and like, I, and I had a talk. There's uh, a few women that are local that I have a yoga studio in the house here. And so I, you know, have them come up if they want Mm. to practice with me on Sunday mornings. And we were talking in the beginning and I am a little bit of a Nazi about that low air. I really do think it's a subtle body and I am starting to feel some of that tapping into. And Mm. ironically, it's now as I've gotten older that I'm finding it not before, Mm. not when I was practicing third series either. I wasn't like, I'm, I'm like now starting 
maybe because I'm not strong enough to muscle my way through at the moment. Mm, so, right. So, yeah. you know, that's awesome. But, oh, wait, there was something I wanted to tell you because it was. Oh, you said you get, you, you're ha- you teach some women. Um, you said not to be creepy again, but. Yeah, I know. Have- all that was creepy. <laughs> and now it's really creepy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we were talking about tapping into that place. Oh, well, I know that this is something that I wanted to ask you because you really threw me off with the clicking that, and I don't, you know, I, I had to ask a little bit of it in there because anybody that knows me knows when I've been practicing that that's been something I've been really concerned about. And it happens in Supta Vadrasana and it is Mm -hmm. loud. I mean, it is not, and I had to not do Supta Vadrasana has been a struggle for me because I finally made the decision that I don't want to do that posture if it's going to, I don't always have the ability to lift up out of it. And that's the truth. I mean, I try, but you know, I get it done in one, but it makes a really loud and David Kyle has listened to it. David Green, everybody's like, ew, don't like the sound of that. (laughs) Right. I won't lie. I don't like the sound of it either. It doesn't make me happy uh, either. Um, And so that was something I was, when you said that, that kind of took me off. And then David Grieg said to me when he was here visiting in June, he, and it was surprising to me because I don't know if you know David at all. I do. Yes, I do. I love him. And I love him. He doesn't use a lot of words a lot of time. Mm, So communication isn't his, you know, forte. So, right. (laughs) Like I'm not saying, (laughs) I would say this to him too, by the way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So sometimes he's like, just says things, but doesn't really give backup for it. And mm. so you're kind of left with, but it's brilliant. It's, it's always really yeah. super. And one of the things he said to me when we were talking about my practice, he said, I don't want you doing the really deep mm. back. I, I would like you to, I don't want you doing those. I yeah. want you to do some of the strengthening postures and I want you to stop doing some of the very deep yeah. back pain. And he didn't follow it up with anything. And so, yeah, just interesting. As yeah. I was listening to you. So, yeah. And I think, I think like I, I have had, I mean, Shrat and Tim, they were also kind of like, huh? you know, does it hurt? And no, but right. it didn't hurt either. Didn't hurt. But it feels, it, it, well, it feels, it doesn't, I don't do that anymore. It, it felt not, Right. It felt like a bit of a brittleness or something in there. It was like to me. And, um, but because nobody was really saying don't do, I still did. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's hard to, it's hard to, when we're not actually, when we're not at the place where we're in the emergency room <laughs> with the problem, it's hard to actually stop ourselves before we get to that place. But I think the fact that David Dere- David Greg said to you, he doesn't want you to do that. I think, I mean, if if I, if that, if, if you were in a room with me, I would say it's not a good idea. It's really not. And, and I think it's because, uh, it's just not supposed to be happening. You know, if it feels like a brittleness, it, it, it is, there is a brittleness. There's maybe an instability or something. And I think that's, it's mostly, it's in Supta Vadrasana. Yeah, it's not in your it, back, 
not dropbacks or anything? No, not dropbacks. I think I'm able to utilize my legs better. And yeah, because when right. I'm seated, I can't utilize the strength of my leg yeah. to pull out. But I wouldn't be surprised if one day that ends up being something. Um, I would say Kapotasana is close. Like that mm. would be another area where, and I, I know that that's why David won't let me put my hips forward at all. Other people can, but I'm not, I can't. He would rather me not do the pose than move my hips forward. Okay. And he's usually got a pretty good eye. And so it's, it is often left for me though, to either just trust him blindly, which I'm not super good at. And, or, <laughs> no, 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 no. and he knows it too. And he would, uh, you know, and it's, it's who I am, I guess, but I'm curious and I always want to know, but, but when you said that you're the only other person that has ever described that and it freaks everybody out, including, yes. me. so I have actually not been, I don't practice that posture anymore yeah. because it, because I can't always pull out of it. And it is so loud. And so right. I can feel the nodules I know what it is, yes. clicking of those nodules. They're moving yes. each other. And that's right. the sound it makes. It's a very weird. But yeah. yeah, so to hear you say this, I'm really glad you did because because even saying this, I feel guilty not practicing that one stinking posture. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Totally crazy. When did this start happening for you? Is it recent? Or? Yeah, it was in the past. And it's funny because you talked about hormonal changes. Yes, I think it's related. Yeah, I do. I think you're right. I think it, yeah. it's so funny. It, no, it never. I never liked the pose. I mean, who would like that? But exactly. <laughs> it's, it, no, it's not enjoyable. I mean, just, you know, being bound up and like dropped backwards is kind of yeah. humiliating as it is. So um, <laughs> that's, I know. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a perfect reason to stop. Right. Like, nodule like, click. And I think that's why I was like, well, but then, yeah, it was right. It was actually in the, in the midst of when all of the changes started becoming pretty evident. That's when the clicking, it had always been, you know, tough, but the clicking, even Christine Hoare had no idea. She said, usually you're relaxing back there. And I was like, oh man, if I relax back there, it'll just click away the whole right. thing. Right. Yes. You'll just hear it. So she kind of squinted her eyes. David didn't like it. Nobody wants me to do it. Like nobody <laughs> no. wants to hear it. Or... Nobody, wants, nobody wants the sound. No, nobody this. enjoys the sound. Jen's like, that's gross. Don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so we're just going to stop that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is Supta Vrdrasana, um, I actually do, I'm doing that one again, but I'm not binding like I used to have no trouble binding my toes was fine, but then my arch was much more significant. And so now I don't bind at all. I just, you know, I cross my um, hands behind my back and I'm much more in my upper chest. I don't have any clicking. Um, and it's, it, it feels like a safe place for me. So you might even want to just um, experiment a little bit with how you do Supta Vedrasana because you might be able to modify so that the arch is in a different that's a great yeah. How do you, yeah. how do you then, what do you hold on to? I know I'm like, I just so sort of hold on to my, my funny bones, <laughs> my elbows. Oh yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that um, would almost, that would actually give you some resistance there then too. Yeah. And then I really focus on, um, 
like paying attention to my psoas, like my hip area yeah. to like, let that, let it move from there. And so my, my back, it does not bend hardly at all. My upper chest does, but my floor back, it's like nothing. So, um, so that seems to work. My neck is really flexible. I'm happy about that. Cause it's like, oh, it's all in the neck. This is arches all in the neck. But so anyway, I mean, you could just experiment a little bit so that you are still kind of getting some whatever benefit that is opening the chest. Absolutely. Um, I, that's definitely something that would be lovely for me. Um, try it. Try it. As you'll read. Well, and I, I, I'm loving it. Somebody else said to me, I think your name was brought up to me. I don't know, maybe two years ago, mm. somebody said, have you ever read Jessica Walden's story? And I said, no, I haven't. And they said, you need to, you need to go read her story. And I, I guess it went in and out of my brain, but then it wasn't until Lou's uh, article came up and, you know, he was a neighbor of mine. So he's like oh. in DC. Yeah. So we, yeah. we actually know each other personally, which is kind of funny. Um, because he's doing the written interviews and I'm doing the podcast, but yeah. And so I read his and I was like, Oh, now I know why that it it is allowing the practice to be adapted to you, allowing right. that the practice. And that is every senior teacher I've ever spoken to. Mm. And I love yeah. that you were able to kind of express that in a way, because I do hope I do. I do this, these podcasts and the magazines and stuff like that, because I actually do love the practice very, very much. And it's always been my goal to make sure that people feel welcome and yeah. that they know that it's here to hold them and to heal them. And yeah. there's no judgment and because right. it's a beautiful right. practice and it's a healing practice and it's. Yeah. Right. I totally agree. I think it's wonderful. I really do. I think what you're doing is incredible. And every person who you've spoken to basically says that, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was amazed by Elia. I know Elia quite well, but he, to me, he's always been like, follow thy, you know, rule. But I was so happy to hear what he had to say, you know, his perspective on it. I was just like, all right. Yeah. You know, this is great. So, um, and Elia yeah. is like, I've known Elia. He's from DC. So yeah, that's right. Of course that's I've right. known Elia for a while. And it, a one thing does for the most part, kind of pervasive through. And that is when you hit a wall, it opens something mm, else up. Right, so we right. can all, like I said, all right, you know, I'm a hard ass, you know, before, <laughs> And yeah. so this wall that I hit was kind of beautiful because it didn't break me, but it did soften me. Yes. Right. And I think that's when the, it's so nice. I, I don't know. I feel like I said before, it's a great sense of like relief. Like you can just kind of sit there for a second and be like, okay, <laughs> um, let's just relax. For a right. Bit. And you get to yeah. explore. It's like this invitation yes, to right. something else. Yes. And so I think that, you know, Aliyah had his own difficult yep. time. And I remember that podcast. Oh my word. That podcast was right after some big hoopla over. Right. And, oh yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I didn't even know about it. I'm always like, la la la. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to be. <laughs> I know. I didn't even know the whole thing was happening when it was. And I had no idea he was going to talk about it in the podcast. I had no idea. He totally like caught me off guard. Oh, um, that was always nice. Uh, so <laughs> it was like one of the beginning ones. <laughs> but everybody has been 
just really bringing that message. And I love that because I will tell you mostly, uh, the blog, the website, the magazines, you know, 70% are women, Mm, right? 70%. And it is uh, women between the ages of 35 and 55. Mm, Perfect. It is. And the next magazine, I hope, and there is going to be a third, by the way, Jessica. So I am going to hit you up. I will let you know that off the bat right now, like (laughs) right off. Just know that after this conversation, it's it. I am your stalker. (laughs) But this, this second one is a lot of women, a lot lot of women in the magazine writing and, um, not that I'm leaving out the guys in any way, no. but trying to be more inclusive and bring yeah. that female perspective um, that, That's that, that is nice because yes. there's an abundance of us in the practice and it's really good for us to see people that look like us and talk like us. And- yes, definitely. And there's a real need, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's, it's wonderful because, uh, you know, the most practitioners out there and the shalas are women, you know, and, exactly. and, uh, and a lot of the senior teachers who are doing workshops and stuff are men. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's really important. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. And they're great and they're fabulous and they're inviting us in, but it really is important that yeah. we continue to, you know, give up. I have the platform and I'm super happy to use it. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking this time out. And I know you have to drive back and. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you I'm so much. I'm sending you my letter right now so you can, make, okay. so you can realize just how intuitive you are or how brilliant I am. Thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode with Jessica Walden. Admit it, you fell in love with her too, didn't you? You know, when you visit Jessica's website, jessica-walden.com, along with the yoga, you're greeted with snapshots of what means the most to her, including a few goofy pictures of her kids and a quote from Rumi that says, let the beauty of what you love be what you do. Jessica does. And I hope you will too. I also hope you'll join Jen Renee, Michael Joel Hall, and me this month on Instagram for our November challenge, Tour of Second. I promise we'll offer lots of tips and techniques as well as variations in all the daily posts. Go to the Ashtanga Dispatch Instagram page for details. And it'll be fun. For those of you who might not practice the series yet, it'll be a great way to take the tour. Special thanks for this episode and all episodes goes to my producer and editor, Chris Lucas of CWLucas.com, whose crazy idea this podcast was to begin with. And finally, thank you. Because without you, your friendship, your support, Ashtanga Dispatch would not be possible. Period. See you next time. Thanks again.